0: What the financial freedom score does, it's a measure that I like to refer to as your can I quit score. It's meant to determine if you can quit your job and look to do something that you might find more meaningful. For example, if you quit working today, how long could you keep going before you had to earn money again? How many months of cash do you have on hand? What number of months is your score? You could also view this as another way to gauge your progress towards whether something better or more fulfilling is out there for you. Welcome to the Financial Verse podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. This podcast is dedicated to improving your financial wellness. Our focus is to educate and inform about all aspects of money. We seek to reduce the financial anxiety, stress, and drama you face daily dealing with money. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Financial Verse Podcast. I'm Harry Stout, your host. In this episode, we'll discuss the idea of creating a personal finance scorecard and how it may help you stay on track to reach your financial goals. So let's begin. How can you play a game and not keep score? You know, be it video games or competitive sports such as tennis, golf, football, soccer, there's a score that's kept to determine the winner. Unfortunately, in personal finance, it's another scorekeeping activity. In personal finance, it applies to everyone, however, and not just to those who voluntarily decide to play a game or sport. So there's scorekeeping for all of us. To succeed in the game of money, you need to keep track of your net after-tax cash flow and keep it positive or at least break even at all ages. Again, financial security is achieved with positive cash flow and the resultant accumulation of financial assets. So, to help you in your journey to financial security and success, many people try to have some financial measures that reflect whether or not they're on track or not. Now, I think it's a good financial habit to calculate and annualize these measures at least every six months. I'm I'm a firm believer if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So I suggest you keep a written little score sheet that shows you your anticipated results so you can keep track of your progress. Now, here are some key personal financial scorecard measures that you may want to keep track of. First of all, number one, your credit scores. Now, remember, your credit score is a numerical rating that's generally between 300 and 850. Your scores will vary based on the credit bureau you select. And remember, these scores reflect how safe it is to loan you money based on a variety of factors. And I'll, uh, I'll include a link in the show notes about those factors. Credit scores are the most talked about measure when you talk about personal finance you see article after article after article about what you can do to improve your ratings what it does for you in terms of the, the interest rate that you're going to pay on a mortgage personal loans and uh, other obligations you may look to uh, uh, to incur it's important to know and manage your credit scores because they are you know they get you access to more and better credit when you need it so gaining access to credit when it is needed, is key to financial success, when you need that good money. Okay, number two, your emergency fund account. I know, you're, I'm a broken record here. If you had a $1,000 emergency bill come in the door, like an uncovered medical bill, a car repair, a house repair, would you have to borrow money to pay it? How long can you survive on savings if you lose your job? And what we have found based on the pandemic is emergency funds exist to cover life's unexpected events. And we've discussed in prior episodes, establishing and maintaining your emergency fund is a must do at all ages and tracking your progress towards having at least six months of living expenses in your funds are top priority. So number two is emergency fund. Nice number. Number three, your debt to income ratio. Now, Your debt to income ratio is how much money you pay on debt, your debt service each month compared with how much money you bring in. All of that expresses a percentage. Here's an example. If you're in $6,000 a month, if you bring home that $6,000 and you have minimum payments on your mortgage, car loan and credit cards, totaling 2000, your debt to income ratio is 33%. This number is important for getting credit because lenders look at at this number when deciding whether to approve you and how much interest to charge. It's essential for you because it gives you a general gauge of of how easily you can repay your debts and the margin of safety you have. So that's number three. Number four, your monthly cash income. Remember, positive monthly cash flow is the key to everything in personal finance. You need to manage both your income and outflows. First, you need to look at that monthly income, however, whether it's from your main job, your, including your, plus your side gig, your partner's job, maybe you collect alimony, and then or you have interest or dividend payments or rent payments. It's money from every source that comes in between the first and last days of the month. That's your monthly income. Next, you look at your cash flows for living expenses and debt service need to add it all up, so everything that you spend, and the difference between what comes in and what goes out the door is your net cash income, and uh, you need to know what that is. So if even if you're not a fan of budgets and you don't have a personal budget, knowing this number is, is so critical to you, and it's something you should follow through and deal with on a major, on a, on a, it's a major concern, a major consideration for you. Number five, what is your annual savings percentage? As we've discussed in numerous episodes, you need to be saving at least 10% of your pre-tax income and more if you can. And uh, this number is how much of your gross monthly income goes towards savings. It tells you a lot about how much extra money you have compared to your spending for essential living expenses what I would suggest you do is take a look at all your different savings amounts to calculate this. So if you save, say10,000 and you make and you make $60,000, that'd be a great savings rate, well over 10%. And when you look at what you're saving, take into consideration what you're putting into your retirement plans and that would include your 401k contributions and also your employer match. That, that can be significant. What emergency fund additions you've made this year? whether or not you've set up a vacation fund, whether or not you've put money away in a 529 plan for college savings, what increases in the cash surrender value of life insurance you've generated and any other accounts you have. So it's all the additions, all that extra cash you're putting away each year. And that's where you want to be. Every year, you want to be putting more and more cash away because it's going to grow for you over time and it's going it's to be significant. So you really need to hit that savings percentage consistently year in and year out to meet your long-term goals. And like I said, I encourage people to save more than 10% because there are going to be years when you can't. There's a life crisis, an illness, you lose your job, you can't save that year. So maybe putting away 15, even 20% away to get, that, get to your savings goals is so essential for long-term financial success. Number six is one I like to talk about, and a lot of people don't talk about it this way, so hopefully I'll give you a different thought, and that is your financial freedom score. Now, we live in the age of the great resignation, the great renegotiation, however you want to relate to it. We have so many Americans that are leaving their jobs, and to do so, if you're going to quit your job, you've got to have a cushion. Now, what the financial freedom score does, it's a measure that I like to refer to as your can I quit score? It's meant to determine if you can quit your job and look to do something that you might find more meaningful. For example, if you quit working today, how long could you keep going before you had to earn money again? How many months of cash do you have on hand? What number of months is your score? You could also view this as another way to gauge your progress towards whether something better or more fulfilling is out there for you. And for example, suppose you have $75,000 in cash and your monthly expenses are $5,000, $5,000. Your score would be 15 or 15 months until you run out of cash. That financial freedom score, and, and that's what it is. That's your financial freedom score. Hey, I can not work 15 months. I'm covered but you know it also could be a strong motivator for you you might want to get that number up as high as you can so maybe you want to take a year off maybe you want to go on a trip maybe you want to you want to donate your time to charity you want to be involved in some cause you so you so desperately believe in and are passionate about and many times taking a break in a professional life to do something like that can be hugely rewarding psychologically. And I've done that a couple of times to tell you the truth, not as often as I probably should have, I've done it a couple of times and it was very meaningful for me. So let me summarize today's session on your personal financial scorecard. Just like in any sport, in personal finance, you must have positive scores to become or maintain your financial success. It's so important to know where you stand. So to keep track of your cash flow, your debt obligations and accumulated assets. And you know, a great idea, and many people do this, is to develop and monitor a few scorecard measures that allow you to stay on track. You can't manage what you don't measure. Positive after-tax cash flow is the key to building wealth and financial security. And now if you can measure it you can make it grow for yourself and for your household. So that's our episode for today. We talked about the personal finance scorecard. Hopefully it'll get you to think and maybe you'll come up with four or five different measures that you can use to help you in your journey to financial success. So thank you so much for listening and we'll look forward to our next session together. Thanks for listening today. The Financialverse podcast is brought to you by Better Wealth. Better Wealth's mission is to unlock intentional living by helping you better manage your money. To find out more, go to betterwealth.com. If you like what you've heard today, please rate us on your podcast service and forward today's program to your family and friends. We would really appreciate it. To learn more about the Financial Verse, please visit financialverse.com.